Welcome to an inspirational Sunday message from Found Church. We hope you will be challenged and encouraged while listening to this message. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our church website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, good morning, everybody. Oh wait, it's afternoon now, good afternoon, good afternoon, I always make that mistake, but yes, so I, I just want to start off by just warning you, my first sentence in my, my message, it, it gets better, but it starts off very doom and gloom, I will say that, and I realise that, but it's, we, live, we live in a world where there's a lot of struggle, and there's a lot of people that are struggling, and there's a lot of pain in the world, would you agree that there's, that you, and it's, wait, and we definitely do not always get what we want. We don't always get what we want. And actually, I believe that this can be a good thing. Uh, but what about when it's a deep want? When it's a, a, a really, when it's a want that God has put, has placed in your heart and it's not quite coming true. It's something that God has put in your heart that you want to see happen, that you have a desire to see come true. We have this phrase that it's been around for, uh, I, I don't know how long, probably since, like, forever. But you may have heard it. People say, oh, don't get your hopes, hopes up. Hands up if that's ever been said to you, or you, maybe you've said it to others. Don't get your hopes up. And it's a, a phrase that we can say quite a lot. We can say it, like, when we're talking about lots of different things. Uh, I would mainly use it when I'm talking about a football team. but uh, And maybe some of you guys would say the same. But... It's not a phrase, this, this phrase, oh, don't get your hopes up, that we hear an awful lot in the Bible. It's not a, a mentality that's held by the heroes of the faith in which we read about in, each, in the pages of your Bibles. Now, more, more commonly today, you hear like, lots of different things being said, and, and there's movies, and movies often dictate where, or movies and things that are in the arts and stuff like that dictate what happens in culture. That's what happens. And... There's a very, um, hands up if you're familiar with who Spider-Man is. Okay, good. We already know who Spider-Man is, we're on a good point. But there's a movie um, that was out, released a couple years ago called Spider-Man Far, Far, or No Way Home. And there's a character in it, it's MJ. So in other Spider-Man movies it was Mary Jane, but in this one it's Michelle Jones. I don't know, understand. But there's a there's a sentence that she says in this mo- in this movie and I, and this is what she says it says if you expect disappointment you will never be disappointed i think that's one of the most stupid sentences i've ever heard in my life right but but, but i can understand that she's saying that i can understand the idea behind it but it doesn't make sense to me because if you expect disappointment you'll always be disappointed it doesn't make sense to me that why someone would say that because Language and the way that we use our words has a lot of power over the things of our lives. The Bible even says that our words have power. Do you, do you, do you realize this morning that the things that you say have power over your life as well? It says in Proverbs 18 verse 21, it says, Death and life are, the, are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. And you might th- be thinking, well, I don't really think that my words have a lot of power. I don't have a lot of sway in my workplace with my words or in my family. Or maybe you're trying to get your kids to listen to you and you think, ah, these words do not have power. I don't know what you're th- But our words do have power. Yeah. And 
you, it might not be in an instance that your words have power, but the words that we say, particularly the words that we say over ourselves, can leak into our lives. They can leak into our lives and make a massive impact. For example, if we say that we are hopeless, if we say that we are not good enough, these things can leak into our lives. And these are contrary. I would say that the Bible, those things that we often say about ourselves or that sometimes we say about ourselves, being hopeless or not good enough, I don't believe that that's what the Bible says about us. And thinking about these words and thinking about the power of our words, where does that come from? Why do we have power in our words? Well, I think it all comes from what, what image is on our lives. It says in Genesis 1 verse 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make, make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the gra- ground. You can see, because if you consider that in the beginning, God said, Let's make mankind in our likeness, And before even making mankind, Genesis explains how God made the world and everything in it. And how did he do it? And what did he use? He used his words. He used his words. He said, he used his words and things were there. They were brought into being. He said, that's incredible power within a word. He said, let there be light and there was light. And made in his image and likeness means that our words also have power. Maybe not speaking stuff into existence, like I would often love if I'm hungry to just be like burger, and, but that doesn't happen, right? But if you say to yourself things that are negative or things that are contrary to what the Bible says about you, it will leak into your life. And you may find in yourself believing that you're without hope. You may find yourself believing that you are not good enough, but that is not what the Bible says about your life. God says that there is power in our words, but today I want to focus on one word and the power of this one word, and this word is hope. And people use the word hope in lots of different ways. Hope's hope's one of these words, it's like many things within the English language. It has sometimes have multiple uses, multiple meanings, but this is the way that people often use the word hope. It's used in at least three different ways, and it's hope is a desire for something good in the future. Uh, for example, the children might say, I hope daddy gets home early tonight so that we can play kickball after supper before his meeting. In other words, their desire is for him to get home early so that they can experience this good thing, namely playing together after supper. Hope is, the second thing is, hope is a good thing in the future that we are desiring. We say, we hope, our hope is that Jim will arrive safely. In other words, Jim's safe arrival is the object of our hope. And the third one is, hope is the reason why our hope might indeed come to pass. We say, a good tailwind is our only hope of arriving on time. In other words, the tailwind is the reason we may, in fact, achieve the future good that we desire. It's our only hope. So hope's used in three senses. It's used for a desire, a desire for something good in the future, a thing that we, a thing in the future that we desire, and the basis or reason for thinking that our desire may be, may indeed be fulfilled. Hope is a powerful thing that we use in our language. It's a, ho- it's a powerful word that is used a lot, a lot of the, uh, in, in many different areas of life. So 
I do a lot of work in uh, the local schools. I do some stuff in the primary schools, and um, I do work in Larbert High School as well. And one of the things that we do is we do a project called the Flourish Project, and that's really to help young people that are struggling with their self-esteem or they're struggling with school attendance, and it's based on beliefs that things they believe about their life not to be true or things that are negative and they do believe it to be true. And this project basically helps us to encourage these young people and help them and give them skills um, to cope with different things in life. And it's an eight-week project that we get a chance to meet with these young people that are referred to us by the school. And we do, one week one, you kind of do an evaluation where you meet these young people and you chat with them and you'll do a little survey. They'll get, they'll ask different que- they'll be asked different questions and it'll kind of give us a bearing of where, what's the starting point? What's the starting point for where they're at in their, in their, their minds? And the second week, we look at beliefs. And one of the questions that you ask in the first survey is, do you believe yourself to be of worth? And sometimes the answer that these young people will give is they don't believe that they're of worth. And that's really challenging. And the second week, we challenge these beliefs. For example, that not everything that you believe is true. Not everything, not everything that has been said, and I'm talking about things that have maybe been said over us, or things that um, are said about us by people, or things that we say ourselves about ourselves. Not everything that we say to ourselves is true. So, and sometimes we're told things, and have been told it so many times before that we believe it to be true. So, for example, I'm going to give us a little, a little thing. So, for those of us that have been in the first service, don't give it away, right? But maybe you've been told that a goldfish has a memory of three seconds. Do you believe this to be true? If you believe it to be true, put your hand up if you believe that a goldfish has a, a memory of three seconds. Okay. Some hands. Some hands are up. If you have your hand up, it's not quite correct, right? It's not, it's not entirely true. Because a study was done with a goldfish where every time a goldfish was fed, they put a, a Lego brick, a red Lego brick, in the fish tank. And they, every time the red Lego brick was in the fish tank, the fish got fed. And so what happened was that they did this for a very, very long time. They kept putting the red Lego brick in the tank and feeding the fish. And then one day... They put the red Lego brick in the tank and the fish went up to the surface to get food, but there was no food. So the fish remembered that the Lego brick means food. So the memory was lasted longer than three seconds, right? Would you agree? That kind of makes a little bit of sense. So even for an instinctive thing, but not everything that we are told is always true. Sometimes things, sometimes we need to investigate these things. And so we do these things with the young people. We talk about things that they believe about their life. So maybe they've been told by a family member that they are worthless. We come to challenge those beliefs. We come to challenge those different things. Maybe we're told by um, a, a friend that they'll, they'll, they'll never amount to anything. We come to challenge those beliefs. And we ch- in this thir- third week, we talk about thinking. Because there's a thing with our thinking that if we think that we are not going to be able to do something then will we have an attempt to try it or will we even attempt to go for it? Probably not because our thinking is limited and what we want to try and do is help young people to have positive and helpful thinking. So for example, is that I cannot do this is limiting thinking. I cannot do this yet is helpful thinking. That's a helpful thought that will give uh, take this ceiling right off of that. We talk about self-esteem. We talk about social media, aspirations and dreams, goals. And then in the final bit, we do an evaluation again. And the, the results that we see from these young people, that, that it's, it's amazing. 
Teachers are encouraged. We're encouraged. The, ch- the, the young people that go through it, they see the difference that has been made in life. And it's really amazing. But one of the things that we teach in the Flowers Project in the session about aspirations, hopes, and dreams is we look... One of the exercises we do is we unpack a verse from the Bible. We unpack um, this verse from Proverbs. It says, Hopes, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And one of the reasons that we do this is be, we have to explain that hope is a healthy thing. That when we hope, it actually has a chemical effect on our brain where endorphins are released. You also get that from eating a bar of chocolate, but hope is just as good. But we... We, we, t- we, our brains and our bodies are designed for hope. In fact, in most rehabilitation programs, there are aims to foster hope because it creates a higher chance of recovery in the, in the process. Because hope is so important. Hope is so important for our lives. However, hope sometimes doesn't come easily for people. It doesn't come as easily for... Uh, sometimes it can even be hard to find hope. And there are many th- things that can get in the way of hope. One of these things is fear. And I'm sure that many of you will have heard fear described as false evidence appearing real. Hands up if you've ever heard that before. Fear, false evidence appearing real. And I've heard this a lot. But, and, and you almost think, oh, that, that should take it away. But actually, sometimes the, the false evidence can be really compelling. It can be really compelling and convincing that actually puts a block on us from our hope. Another thing that can dampen our hopes is other people. Other people. I actually think that Scotland has a history of inhabiting, of people that are people of hope. But more through culture and through many, many years, I actually think that the, the hopefulness in our, in our nation is, is being replaced by pessimism, often disguised as realism. I, I think that's a challenge, and as Christians, we have a we have a we have a challenge to ourselves to challenge that culture, and yeah, often others whose hopes have been dashed will also convince those around them that their hopes will suffer the same fate. So people's hopes, people, other people whose hopes have been squashed, will try to convince you of the same. And maybe you've had hope which has been squashed by fear or people. Maybe you've even been told, "Don't get your hopes up." But I want to talk about, well, well what, what, what is hope? Let's go further into what this word means. And it's, I, think, I think it's more than a psychological tool. That doesn't sit right with my, with my gut. That It's just a, a, a word that has no meaning. Because when I read in my Bible, there's, there's more to it than that. And I want to, I want to unpack these different things. And, and actually, when I was thinking about all the things to do with hope, and I was think, doing some thinking personally, and then I, I did what many people would do, many people, the great thinkers of the world do when they're challenged with a question, I googled it. So I went on Google, and one of the things that came up was an article, um, and it was, I thought it was really interesting, so I'm going to share it with you. It says this, it says, hope and optimism are not the same. Although hope and optimism are sometimes used interchangeably, researchers say that they are distinct. Hope is about using personal agency to achieve a desired outcome. Optimism is when people expect good things to happen more than bad ones. Both are positive expectations for the future, but one is about the individual driving towards their goals, and the other is that that we believe things are going to work out and we're not sure how. Hope isn't always easy but it's effective in helping people flourish across many domains, including work and school. It's galvanizing. 
Hope brings oxygen into our consciousness. If we generate hope, then we are motivated. When we're motivated to act because we feel that there's a possibility that the outcome that we want might happen. If we don't have hope, where do we find motivation? In the absence, there is paralysis. And when I read this article, it made me think a little bit. It made me, it made me, there were some of the things that I agreed with. So I would agree that hope isn't always easy. I would agree that it's effective. I would also agree that it requires work. I thought a really good line in it was, it's like oxygen into our consciousness. I read that and I thought somebody was really pleased when they wrote that. Like, I would be pleased if I wrote that. It's really good. Hope motivates. And the absence of hope brings paralysis. It, it, it leaves us stuck. But I don't think that this article, I don't think that this definition can fully account for the hope that God brings into our lives. It doesn't fully account for a biblical definition of hope. Biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, it expects it to happen. And not only expects it to happen, it's confident that it will happen. There's a moral certainty that good, the good we expect and desire will be done. I, hope in God doesn't mean cross your fingers and touch wood. It means that you better expect great things to come from God. I believe that. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying that God works like a genie where if you hope really, really hard, then he'll give you something. But he does plan good things for you and me. He plans good things. And it says this in Matthew 7, verse 11, in the ESV, it says, If you then, who are evil, know how to good, good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God knows how to give good things to, to his children. He knows how to give good things to the people that he cares about. And I fully believe that God has great things in store for each and every single one of us. He's got great things in store for our lives and he's got great plans for our lives. And we recently went to see the new film Wonka. Has anybody been and seen that film? Yeah? So there's a few of us that have seen it. And for anybody that has um, me in their household, or kids, um, they've probably heard this soundtrack quite a lot, or heard the song being sung. There's a song in the, in the movie, which is very popular, so if you've got TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, any social media, there's a good chance that you've probably heard it. But there's a song, and you've maybe heard the line, well, there's chocolate, then there's chocolate, only Wonka's makes your confidence skyrocket. It's excellent word writing there. And... The hope that this made me think about hope of the world and the hope that God has to offer in our lives. You see, that the hope of God in your life and the hope of the world, there's a big difference. Only one, one will make a difference in your life, but leave you wanting. And the other will change your life and you will never be the same. The hope that God gives us will change your life and you will never be the same. Because there's a relationship between faith and hope. There's a relationship between faith and hope. And in Hebrews 6 verse 11, it talks about the full assurance of hope. It says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that you may hope, so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Biblical hope is not is, is active and not passive. So when we think about our hope, 
how can our hope be how can our hope be active? Well, I think that we need to build our faith. We need to build our faith and put ourselves out there and trust God. Because actually, if God's put a hope in your life and He's put a promise in your life that He's gonna He's gonna come come through on, there's a good chance that He's gonna rely He's gonna be asking you to come out of your comfort zone a little bit. And actually, when we put ourselves out there and trust in God for more and more things that He has given us hopes for and promises in, the our faith gets built. Because actually, God never lets us down. We can put our full trust in him. We can put our full hope in him. We can continue to lean on him when things are difficult because the hope that he, is, the hope that he gives us is true and his promises will always come through. Even things that go beyond right here and right now. Yes. What are you hoping for? What are you hoping for? for I'm, I'm sure everyone in the new year has got things that they hope for. Things that God has put in their life or things that they are dreaming about. Things that they are, they are, they are they're believing will happen this year. And I, 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 want to, I want to believe for things that are beyond here and now. Yes. I want to believe for things that are beyond right here in this moment, even this year. I want to have a hope for the future, even when I'm not on this earth anymore. Even when, it, when we're in heaven and can't interfere. But hoping and trusting that generation after generation that God is in control. That is the hope that I have, that God is in control and I put full trust in that. That when we get our new building, do you believe, I believe that God has a new building for us and I'm hoping that that will be this year. And I'm, I'm hoping that that building and our church being a light and witness in this community for, the, in the name of Jesus, that there will be a change that happens, not just in our, in our town, but in our nation. In our nation and we will see that. Do you believe that as well? I believe that, and I'm hoping for these things because it's not going to be for the here and now, it's going to be for the future. And I want to foster hope in my own life for things of the future, not just for the here and now. So how much trust and how much faith are we putting in God that he will do that? Are we trusting, are we building, are we hoping for things beyond here and now? Because, And actually, when we do that, there's the relationship between faith and hope. We'll begin to hope for even bigger things we'll begin to hope for even greater things. And actually, God thinks, absolutely. Bring it on. I believe, and I believe that God is waiting for us to hope for big things. And I want to talk about Romans 4 and 18. It talks about, it's, a, it's talking about Abraham. And it says in Romans 4, 18, it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now, Abraham's story is really, really, like, it's, it's amazing. So, Abraham, put his, his, he had hope. He had a promise from God that he hoped would come true. That he would be the father of many nations. Because up to this point, they had not been able to have children. And they were already very old. So, biologically... The things of the world and everything within them was saying that the, the situation was hopeless. But God had given them a promise that he would make him the father of many nations. In fact, when Abraham was in his tent and he felt like things were going, were, were, were difficult, God told him to come out of his tent and look at the sky and he said, that's how numerous your descendants will be. Sometimes it was perspective that Abraham needed, being told to go. He was told to go out of his tent. He put his faith and trust in what God was going to do. Even at the very beginning, when God had given him this promise, when it was hopeless, the one thing that he had to do was he had to step out. He had to put put himself out of his comfort zone. And he wasn't actually given specific instructions. He was just told to go. He was told to go. 
that was his, that was his step out moment. That was his point where he had to put his faith in God and believe and put his hope in God for the things of the future, even though he wasn't sure where he was going, but he knew who was in control. And that's the same for the hope that we have. We might not know how it's going to look. We might not know how it's going to turn out, but our hope in God knows that we know who is in full control. And that is one of the reasons why when we trust in the promises that God has, when we trust in who he is, we know that we have a full assurance of hope. That is an incredible thing to think about. And the gospel, the message of Jesus, the good news that he came to this earth, lived a, lived a life as a fully, lived in amongst people, lived a sinless life, went to the cross and died for you and me so that we might not only just have hope for right now that Jesus would be with us, but we would have hope for eternity. That, God, that Jesus made a way for us. And there's certainty in the name of Jesus. There's certainty in the promises that he makes. There is certainty in the, that the Bible is a message of hope. And our God is a God of hope. And even when I think, when we come in here every, every Sunday and we can look up there, find hope, find life, find Jesus. Let's not take for granted the hope that's in Jesus. And Thank you for listening. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Please feel free to contact us through our website, foundchurch.co.uk or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.